Hey guys, this is Jordan Buhat, and welcome back to Anything and Everything. I just want to thank you guys so much for being such an amazing audience for the first little bit of this podcast. I've only put two out there, and you guys have really shown up and shown some interest in at least listening to what I have to say, even when, you know, sometimes I think I can just keep talking on. I think that I at least have some kind of experience to share and you know, to be able to tell that things are possible. And I just want to be able to spread positivity and be able to spread that things can be done. You know, so, well, it's a very general statement, but thank you guys so much for sticking around for whatever reason that it is that you have stuck around. Today, we, and by me or we, I mean just myself, <laughs> all of us here at Anything and Everything, aka Just Jordan Buhat, uh, are going to be talking about my experience of Grownish and where it started, what it's been like through the first one, two, and now we're filming the third season. We're almost done. Uh, I know that everybody's kind of wondering what the process is for auditioning, what it's like to work with every individual person, and I have all of that tea. Just jokes. There's no tea. But I have everything to be able to share with you guys today because I want you guys to be able to know what it's like if you guys are ever in the position for your very first show ever, which Gronish was for me, what you might be able to expect. Now, of course, everyone's individual experience will be different. You audition for one show, it could be a different network, it could be, it will most likely be different producers and all this kind of stuff. And if it's your first show, you might have a different experience than me. But what I have for you is an outlook on what it was like for me to get my very first job, which was on the amazing Grownish. So I got my audition for Gronish somewhere around June. And it was quite a lengthy process for myself because I had to send in a self-tape and then a week later they told me to do some notes, which was very cool because I have never received anything back in regards to like, hey, can you make this audition just a little bit different? I think we like it. And I was like, whoa, okay, yeah, for sure. Um, And then after I sent it back that week later, I didn't hear back for another month. Um, And then once I did hear back, I was actually flown down like... ABC slash Disney slash Freeform, whoever was directly with the producers, probably Freeform, um, they were able to fly me down and put me up in a hotel. And I (laughs) got to audition for Kenya Barris and Michael Peacock in the casting department. And oh, wow, just so you guys know, I first saw Yara in the audition room. That was the first time I saw her in real life. And that's kind of funny to say in real life, but that is the truth. Uh, I had watched Blackish a couple times and I knew who Yara was. But when I walked into the room, I did not recognize that that was Yara freaking Shahidi. (laughs) And I think I, I, I think back to that moment and I actually think that it was a positive because um I didn't have any kind of expectation of who 
Yara was. And so I wasn't necessarily nervous. I was just brought in to do this part and see if I had chemistry with Yara. And that's what it's called, by the way. I believe it was a chemistry read slash read for the producers. Um, and I didn't know who she was. So we read, we threw it down, we acted, we got notes, which was very fun. And then I left. That session was maybe a half an hour. And if you guys are auditioning out there, a half an hour is a very long time to be in a room. Um, I think when you get to the final handful of people that they're looking at, they're willing to take a little bit more time. So I was in the room for about a half an hour and it actually went really well. I had a great time. I had so much fun. Everyone was so welcoming at Freeform and ABC, who all, whoever else was there. And um, I went back to my hotel room and stayed there for three days, wondering if they were going to tell me if I got it or not. But they just sent me back home up to uh, where I was staying at the time, Abbotsford, B.C. in Canada. Um, so another month goes by, and I pretty much have convinced myself that I didn't get it. And I get a call and that I got it. And from there on, guys, it was a whirlwind. I had to find a place to stay. Um, luckily enough, ABC actually put me up for the first few weeks. And that is amazing. I, I've heard a few other um, situations like that where... If you, well, with a few castmates who have also been brought on to Gronish where ABC will actually put you up and you can kind of find your way in LA after that. They'll put you up for a certain amount of time in a hotel, which staying in a hotel is great, very grateful, um, but it's not you know, the most ideal uh, living situation because you're not a, you don't really have a, a fridge, you know, there's a tiny mini bar and stuff like that, but you don't have a, you don't have a stove or like an actual kitchen, so you can't cook things, so things start to get expensive, but I was very grateful to have any place to stay while I found an actual place to stay. So during the course of season one, I was looking for somewhere to stay, and I actually knew someone in L.A., crazy enough, from my time in New Jersey. I believe I spoke about going to New Jersey in my first podcast, and it was my friend Rebecca Gomberg. She was living in L.A. at the time, and I asked her if she had a roommate or if she had a room, and she actually did. She had a spare room in about a month after uh, I had gotten to L.A. So I had to wait in the, uh, in the hotel for about a month, and I was finally able to move in, and it was so much better than staying in a hotel. I had a roommate for the very first time in my life, and we'll talk about roommates some other time, but it was so good to have my first place of basically living outside of the house that wasn't a hotel or wasn't my sister's place uh and yeah that was it was it was, it was so much fun to be feel independent and feel grown ish <laughs> Ooh, there it is for you guys um <laughs> so 
that was my first season of Grownish, the very first. And let me tell you, I was super nervous, super nervous for Grownish because I had only done, in quotations, only done theater up until that point. I'd done auditions for film, but I'd never been on a set before. I had done shows through university. I did Shakespeare Theater of New Jersey. I toured. I did. Uh, I played in parks. I did main stages, and I was so nervous getting on to the set of Grownish. First of all, I just felt like I had to be the most prepared ever. I had to know these lines inside and out. I didn't think I could make any mistakes, and I thought I just had to deliver right on that day. And of course, you want to be as prepared as you can any job. But I was so high-maintenance, like, full of anxiety that for the first few episodes, I really didn't get to relax until I found out the rhythm because everyone else was so was so experienced like Trevor Jackson he'd been doing Broadway since he was a child and he's also a singer and Yara and you know he'd done shows as well and movies and Yara of course had been doing movies and shows since she was really young and Francia had her whole thing on Sweet Life and there was Bring It On and numerous other things. Chloe and Hallie had been performing since they were children, expert performers by that point and Emily is just an amazing, she's she's a, a veteran of, I don't know, uh, like of just poise and and wisdom on, on, on the set. And I think Luca was the only other one, just like myself, who was pretty green to to the set. Um, and well, maybe, who knows, maybe we'll get him on here to see what his first experience was like on Gronish. Um, but I was crazy nervous and I just didn't want to mess up. I wanted to prove that I belonged there. And you know what? In the end, guys, like I, I got the job, and I did earn getting there, but I had to make sure that, ha, I don't know, I didn't get killed off or something like that. <laughs> so it was a lot of help from my acting coach. I'm going to throw that right up like first our acting slash dialect coach on Gronish Rhea just oh my gosh she's been with us since the beginning and I feel so calm just even saying her name because with every single episode every single season we get new directors there is a um a, a, a shuffle of writers uh and the one constant has been a couple of producers and Rhea. And Rhea is there every single day with us. She is there helping us with our lines. She's there helping us kind of even get more understanding out of what we're doing. And she's just making sure that we're comfortable. And I just love her to bits. And if it wasn't for her, I think I would have been in a different situation than I am now. I don't know what that is, but it would have been different, I think. So I want to thank Rhea a whole bunch. If you are able to have a coach during any of your guys' processes, someone that you trust, someone that knows you, then I think it's only a benefit um, to be able to have that person. As the season went along, 
I learned that I actually have to be super flexible. Now, with theater, you rehearse something for a few months, if you're lucky, and then you get it on stage and you do, like, not exactly, but you do the same thing over and over and over again each night. Of course, it's going to feel different because it's live, but you do, you try and hit the same motions while still being present. And with <laughs> with TV, it just threw me for a whirl because you really, you get in, you do the scene for an hour or two hours or however long the scene is, and then it's gone. It's gone forever. You don't get any more shots at it. That's it. And like with theater, at least, okay, let's say you have a 10 show. Let's say you have 10 shows. You know, it's a very, you know, minuscule run. But you have 10 shows. You have the second through 10 to figure out what you maybe loved about the first show or didn't like about the first show. In in TV, at least, I haven't done film, you get to do the scene for just as long as they're shooting it, and it is gone. Sayonara, no more shots to improve. That's, you got to throw it down and know exactly what you want or be flexible because you'll have different directions coming from producers, different directions coming from the director, or even having to adjust your blocking of what you imagined it was going to be, and then you do it, and it's gone. So that was a huge shift for me. Um, But being able to be flexible also in the fact that each episode... This isn't the case for every single TV show, I don't believe, but at least with us, we change directors every single episode. We've had some directors come back, which is amazing because then you know how they work. But with the first season, I was just getting used to the fact that, wow, we have a different voice coming in here every single day, and I got to be ready to be able to throw down what they want anytime. I have to come in with something to present them. And if they like it, fantastic. If they don't, then I got to be ready to change on the dime. That's that flexibility is just something that I've really taken heart. Actually something that I've really, really loved taking from Trevor Jackson, who I think is just a master of improvisation and a master of going on the fly with whatever you want it to be. (laughs) He, really taught me that you can have an idea of what it wants to be, but you come in and you just, you have your work already set and you just, you just go, you let it fly. You, you have to have the heart of what it is that you're trying to do and then don't have it set because then you just want it to be able to live. You want it to be able to breathe. And I think that's the flexibility with whoever, whatever director comes in, whatever writer that you have writing the script or producer has them notes. It's like, great. Okay. I know what the heart of this thing is, so I'll just do it a different way. And, yeah, it's it was it really threw me off for that for that first season. I think if you take a look at the first few episodes of Gronish, uh, I I really think that Vivek was really different compared to where he is now in season three. Especially if you watch in season two, even um, there's a there's a big shift from his personality. I think he was a lot more serious in the first two, three, four episodes um, because he was really trying to, you know, play real hard and really trying to be 
um, just a little bit more, I don't know, like tough. And now kind of like getting to know a friend, he's really loosened up and just become the really reliable and fun loving and goofy Vivek that I've really enjoyed playing. So that's, yeah, season one was a whirlwind, let me tell you guys. Season two, uh, now coming back, it was really, really fun. Uh, It wasn't really full of anxiety like the first season was because I didn't have that first, you know, it's like it's not my first time. So, not you know, this is my first rodeo. (laughs) so I I came in with an expectation of what it was going to be like and we had a a lot of the crew that was the same we had even some directors that repeated and we had new cast members but the fact that I was able to learn this on the fly approach to to Gronish and to television I came in so much more confidently and I can say that confidently (laughs) about season three as well that every single day I learn from each one of my cast members and each member of my crew so that I can be better for the next episode I can become back better for the next season even it's as it's it's kind of like working out where I'm sure once you start a movement or start a workout that you've never done before, you're absolutely wiped and exhausted and just dead the first time you do it. But as you go along, you get used to certain movements. You get used to certain things that are happening on TV and you start to become comfortable and, and not in a bad way, but you, you start to be able to know how to do things. And it's it's just a muscle. You know, acting is a muscle and you just have to learn the different kind of ways of doing it so I think that's really what I really enjoyed about season three that I've really been able to just let things go and enjoy the fact that we're doing grownish I enjoyed it in season one season two absolutely I did but season three I've been having so much fun because of this confidence that I've built from I know who my character is. I know what it's going to be like when we get on set. And if I don't know, then I'm cool with changing it. It's if, if, if there's something that I can tell you guys, be ready for things to change. That's, I, you know, that just clicked in my head of, of tips for acting in television that just be on your toes, be on your toes, know your stuff, be confident and throw down what you want and then be ready to change if you need to. Yeah. Oh, we're almost done season three, so <laughs> I just got a little emotional because we only have about a month left, and then we're done. Yeah. Um, coming into Groner season one, we're going back and forth here, guys. This is like a Quentin Tarantino kind of podcast. Um, but getting to know all of the cast members, I already told you at the beginning, like they were all so ex experienced and I was just excited to be around them excited to soak up whatever they had excited excited to soak up their their knowledge and excited to hear you know stories about where they came from or what they're doing and what I found out guys when I was in 
high school, junior high, I absolutely put celebrities on pedestals. I just thought that they were these, um, like, I I thought they were so, I don't know, un, un, it's like untouchable or something like that. Like, I had posters, right? It's They're larger than life is what it felt like. You know, I had every single Disney Channel person on my wall growing up. I had High School Musical. I had Selena Gomez. I had Taylor Swift. I had the Jonas Brothers, Sammy Lovato, Miley Cyrus. Everyone was on that wall. And they were larger than life. I was in awe. I was 100% in awe. But when I got to set on Grownish, what I want everyone who puts people on pedestals in regards to like celebrities or really anyone that everyone is just another person. I think that's the simplest way I can put it. Everyone is just another person trying to figure out their life, trying to find things that they love to do, trying to, you know, find love and they have problems and it's not so out of reach when you when you meet fantastic people like I'm trying to think of someone who like so I when I think of someone like Will Smith or Dwayne Johnson those guys are like literally they're huge but they they seem so out of this world in regards to their stardom but I guarantee you if you're to go up to any of them just like I do to any of my casts that they all are just trying to figure everything out, you know, and they want to know about you and they want to they'll talk to you and it's 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 really grounding and, and humbling being actually on a set of people who are far more experienced than me. But yeah, guys, don't I wouldn't say put people on a I would say I would I would say don't put people on a on a pedestal like that because then it just makes people seem like they're better than you and people aren't. Right, we're not better than each other. <laughs> we are all here trying to figure it out, all going through different things and all going through the same things. That's really the biggest important thing. Like, I think the thing that I can relate to most about this was when I met uh, Selena Gomez. She came by during season one and it was uh, it was great. I spoke to her and she was really nice. She asked me about my day. I asked her about hers. And and that was it. Like I remember in high school I had like the biggest absolute crush on Selena Gomez. And I think this is kind of similar to what I spoke about in my first podcast where you expect something to be a certain way and when you get there you know, you're going to have this overflow of emotion of happiness. and But then it's like, then what? And then what? You have the rest of your life. <laughs> you have the rest of your day to go through. So when I met Selena, it was, it was, she was really, uh, really kind. And then, you know, I had the rest of my day to do because I was working. So if you guys ever meet any kind of, uh, any of your idols or anything like that, just remember that they are also, they're also people and they also, um, have troubles and that the simplest thing of 
hey, how are you? Or even like, how was your day? Those are the simplest things that can be... Well, because I'm trying to compare it to be like, oh my gosh, you're amazing or anything like these. Like those, like, it, you know, I, I see those kind of things in in um, at like award shows. People are just like fainting and yelling and trying to get their attention and anything like that, right? But imagine if you could just, instead of running up to someone, telling them they're amazing, getting a picture, and that's all the experience you have with them. Imagine if you get to have like just a, a simple, hi, how are you? How was your day? It's just so personal. And I think what I'm really trying to get to with all of this blabbing about pedestals and and celebrities and when I got into Gronish, it's it's just that everyone was so humble. Everyone was so kind. And I love every single one of them because they welcomes me into this industry in what from what I've heard at least is a very rare way that we are all so just open with each other and we treat each other very kindly and like human beings and just are interested in each other's problems, you know? So I think you sh- you guys can definitely do that in real life too where, you know, there's there's someone you look up to just if you treat them just like a friend that I think that a, a relationship will definitely be forged even stronger than if you treat them as if they are walking on water, right? We're all equal. We're all on this earth for however many years we got. So That was a sweet tangent, huh, guys? So let's see, Trevor Jackson. Uh, when I met Trevor Jackson, he I had never met someone who had <laughs> more energy than me and was able to make people smile so much. This this man is like he I consider him to be like one of my mentors on how to live life. He was he's he was so giving and so kind and this is pretty much all to this day as well. So much energy and he taught me how to be so free in in acting and like he's he's a big goof. If you guys go onto my YouTube channel, you'll see how how uh, down to earth Trevor Jackson um, is. And then if we, let's see, who should we, like I said, when I met Yara, I didn't even know it was her. So when I finally got to talk to Yara um, separately on Gronis, she's just very interested. That's a great word that I would uh, call Yara. She's so inquisitive that when she's listening to you, I think that she's really taking apart all the things that you're saying and and really is there with you that's the it's if you if anyone has a friend like that then i consider you a lucky person because to have someone's full attention that's that's really what i feel when when i met yara and even to this day um francia was she became like a big six sister to me during season one. She was the one who opened her arms to me and said, Hey, come for, come for breakfast. We'll go hang out and Hey, come to yoga and I'll like anything you need. 
that I'm here for you and I, 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 I really cherish the relationship that we had established in during that my first year here in LA like I really felt like I could lean on her if with with like any questions she took care of me she took care of me uh (laughs) Chloe and Hallie I met them and they are the nicest people I think in the world (laughs) they from the second I met them and they have not changed up a bit in regards to this that they if their hearts are in their hands it's not on their sleeves it's it's in in their hands to just feel they feel so heavily and you can you can tell when they speak to you you can tell when they see people in the morning that they are so full of love and they just want to give love too and they 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 radiate they radiate that uh emily r look emily emily oh my gosh yeah in season one it, it was it was so interesting getting to know emily because she's someone as well who is just a deep listener and then out of out of nowhere she's she's also like super funny but then also super hip at the same time it's like you you get caught off i got i get caught off guard because her personality is so varied and it's so vast that i when i think that when we're all having conversations and she knows things about this and this and this and this, and this i think she's just so open to anything in the world that she'll con- not consume but she no yeah she'll she'll just consume all the information and all the things so that she is able to fit into any crowd and yeah oh my gosh I love Emily so much for that because it makes me feel like oh my gosh I feel like I want to know what she's talking about she's very cool <laughs> guys um uh, speaking of cool Mr. Cool Mr. Lucas Abad the most who the heck is this person that I've ever met in my life like who is this person how did he how did he get to where he is in regards to like he does so many things and he's successful at all of them he is was now that we've gotten a little bit more uh we've gotten closer at least um he's not as much of this word but he was an enigma he was some sort of i said not to put people on pedestals um and this is not meant to be that but he was like this ethereal kind of presence because he would be here and then he would be gone. It would be mysterious, mysterious. Let's say mysterious instead of ethereal. He would be here, then he would be gone. He would be in Paris and he'd be in China, then he'd be back filming. And it'd be, oh, how, what? How you, oh, he, clothing line, painter, ma- uh, just an entrepreneur master and renaissance man. Like, I, I, I don't know how to quantify what Lucas Sabat actually is because I think he dabbles in absolutely everything that he loves, which is really cool. And he's really, really, really good at it. <laughs> um, Diggy Simmons, my man, that guy is so kind. Like 
he will take the time to sit down and talk to you and like the most relaxing person I think to talk to we'll sit down we'll be in a chair and we can chat and you know when you can have a conversation with someone and then it'll just end and you don't feel like you have to continue the conversation but then we'll come back later and still continue the conversation it's like it's it's the most chill kind of situation he's so chill but then he also asks about your life and this is a really amazing instance where every single person on the cast guys is so freaking nice I've been told that that's not the case. I've been told that we have a rare situation where every single person in the cast is, and every single one in the crew, like there's no drama. Guys, I, there's no drama in freaking Gronish land. If you wanted some tea, there it is. There's no drama. There's no tea. It's all coffee, okay? Like, <laughs> we, we all get along so well since day one. We can talk about team chemistry now. Um, <laughs> we all have gone along so well that when we when we are able to actually get out of Gronish like we did at Disneyland um, uh, like last month or two months ago we get reminded that you can take us out of Gronish and we'll actually all be friends you put us in a situation and we go out we have a blast together and I'm super fortunate I love it I love my crew, I love my cast, and I love the producers and the writers, and I just, I, I've been so happy with how my first job has gone. And for anyone else who is out there, like trying to get onto shows or auditioning, um, no, that's not always the case, but approach every single situation with positivity and and just trying to, you know, spread love, absolutely, and cheer, and joy, bring joy to other people's lives, then I think that you're going to start and set yourself up with a really good situation. I walk onto set, and I make sure I say hi to everyone, right, and, and, and really just cheer everyone up. It's morning, and bring smiles to everyone's faces, and for example, today, guys, I had such a good day at work. Such a good day. I was full of energy the entire day. And I, I it's, it's days like those where I don't want to leave. This is an example of work where I don't want to leave work. And I love waking up on a Monday, on a Tuesday, any day to go to work. And I wish that everyone would have that. I wish that everyone would be able to think, yeah, it's Monday, I get to go to work today, not I have to go to work today. And if you have that situation where you can leave the ugh job, then do it 100%. And, and you have a job that you want to go do, go do that. Do it. Every single job that I have had in my life, I have enjoyed Every single one that I stayed at for a, a lengthy period of time, I enjoyed. I had a job where I was a dishwasher, and I didn't like that, so I quit after two days. I didn't want that. I had a job as a waiter at Boston Pizza, and I didn't like that, 
So I quit. I had a job at a CD store, and I absolutely loved it. I loved it. Stayed there for until it got shut down. <laughs> oh my god! Um, and I had a job at a f- at a fitness facility, and I loved it. I stayed there for five years. I was like, yes, I get to go to work. I get to see these people. So relating to to Gronish again, guys. Find a uh, find a place that you love, and hopefully that you'll be able to go there every single day. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, <laughs> So I've had a great experience on Groner so far. Um, thanks for listening to this podcast about what it was like when I first got on Gronish and we eventually got on to what everyone was like when I first met them and what they are like kind of now at least. And we'll tune in next time. I mean, if we want to take anything from this, guys, stay flexible. Be prepared and stay flexible. Know that everyone is human and that we all just want to figure everything out. And uh, yeah, that's kind of what I got for you guys. So thanks for listening to this podcast. This is Anything and Everything with me. Hello, Jordan Buhat. And I will bring some more podcasting joy to your ears at some point. I'm kind of liking doing this every single Monday. So happy Monday.